0: and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message.
1: Good Tev to you. Sam kal, gemar hati, hatimatovah to all of you. All the proper greetings to you. If you notice the words that we just, we read these together, they are the challenging words of Yeshua that we find in the Bessarot, in the Gospels. In, in, Ma, in Matthew, and in Mark, and Luke, and John, there are many challenging words. And as I think about the words we just recited, the last two passages of Scripture... Uh, it reminds me of also some other stark words. How many of you have read in Scripture and you come across in the Bible some words that really hit you hard? I mean, like some really stark sayings. Well, here's one, and it's very appropriate for this time. In fact, this is very day, this Yom Kippur. Vayikra Leviticus chapter 23, verses 26 and 27 says this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also, the tenth day of this seventh month shall be Yom HaKippurim, the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Now, it doesn't really take me to say that that's a stark passage of Scripture, the idea of afflicting your souls. There and offering an offering made by fire. But as this Torah passage shows, if you read it carefully, we are this very day now, as we have entered into the 10th day of the seventh Hebrew calendar month of Tishri, we know it as Yom Kippur, or Yom Kippur. We are in what is a thought provoking time. If we'll allow ourselves to really think about the themes and the, the ideals here and, and and what scripture says, it's quite important and it's also thought-provoking. We have wended our way from Yom Teruah, from Rosh Hashanah, the last, now we're into the 10th day of the 10th days of awe, and we've arrived now at this one, Yom Kippur. That's why we're here tonight. Thank you all for coming this evening and setting this time aside to, to be more resolute and to think about what what we're talking about here this evening, which is Kapara, or atonement. Now, some might even apply to this particular day a famous maxim, a famous saying that comes from the Passover Haggadah. I think you may know this one. It goes like this. Ma hazeh, halaylahaze mikohalelot. It means, why is this night different from all other nights? And truly, Yom Kippur of Yom Kippur, the evening of Yom Kippur is different from other nights. Any serious student of Scripture looking at this Day of Atonement and what the Scripture says about it and all that was done on the Day of Atonement would come away realizing this is a different night than the other nights. There are some things that took place in ancient days at this time that was different than the normal thing. As the Torah explains in Leviticus chapter 16 verse 30, For on that day, that day being Yom Kippurim or Yom Kippur, the Kohenagadol, the high priest, the high priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. But there's a question also that's connected with Yom Kippur. Even as we read about what the high priest was commanded to do, on Yom Kippurim, there's another question that seems to be looming on the horizon the more we delve into this. Why have a Yom Kippur? I mean, why not just keep doing what we do every day? I mean, come on now. It's Sunday evening. Think about what you do on Sunday evenings, and, and but that's not what we're doing here tonight. And neither did God mean for this particular era of this particular evening to be like all the other evenings. It's different. And there are many reasons why. Let me suggest several to you. First off, this evening, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, this is God's idea, not mine, not yours, not our worship leaders, not your parents, (laughs) not your grandparents. This is God's idea. How many think God has some good ideas? I do. (laughs) He's got some great ideas. Secondarily, this Yom Kippur is God's idea, but also Moses informed us in the Torah. He informed us of Yom Kippur and also the other commemorations that he speaks of. But Moses did not invent Yom Kippur. (laughs) He didn't come up with this in his own thinking. This is something God showed him and said, Tell the people this. And how many of you appreciate the feast of the Lord? How many you appreciate the fast of the Lord? Because that's what you've entered into, many of you. And Yom Kippur, or Yom Kippurim, as it's, it's called also, was instituted by God for our good. And I believe to point us to the Mashiach, the Messiah, Yeshua of Nazareth. God instituted this. It's for us. He did it for us. I say that because I feel quite confident, I believe you would agree with me here this evening, that God does not need atonement. It's not necessary for God to have atonement for his sins because he's actually blameless in all his ways. He's just and true and righteous altogether. And as I say that, I I feel even myself, and maybe you would agree with this in, in circumspection or introspection of yourself, that you realize you do fall short sometimes. You realize sometimes your words aren't what they should be. Your actions aren't what they should be. And God in his great wisdom, his great plan, his great sovereignty, Yom Kippur was his idea to give the children of Israel at least once a year a time where they could feel clean, clean. Their sins wiped away because of the shed blood of that sacrifice, that Kapara. If we dig even deeper into the Lord's feast, now again Yom Kippur is a fast day and many of us will be fasting. So we dig deeper into these things. We should realize, and I would challenge you if you haven't really studied the feast of the Lord, you should realize, at least consider that each of them, including this fast day, Yom Kippur, points us to Yeshua the Messiah. He is smack dab in the middle of it all. <laughs> they all point to him, and they, don't, they point to him as Lord and King and Messiah. And each one points us this way, and even this one, Yom Kippur, points us to him in a very special way. The Lord graciously invites us to partake of his moadim, as they're called in the Hebrew Scripture. His appointed times, we have a hazmanan invitation to partake of them. And here at Rosh Pina, we are a Yeshua-centric community. And as we look at each of the Moadim, starting with Shabbat, that's mentioned first in Vayikra 23, Leviticus 23, and going all the way through to the end of Sukkot, we realize as they point to Yeshua the Messiah, we realize that as we gather together, we gather for a different reason than perhaps those who don't know Messiah. He invites us, the Lord invites us to partake of them to learn from these things, to see where these things direct us. And over the next 24 hours, as we have a service this evening, one tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock and one at 6.30, Lord willing, over the next 24 hours during this fast time, we'll be hearing many things about this particular day, but most importantly, about him who rules over this day, that is the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Messiah. We'll hear much about that. And as we celebrate these feasts and this fast, we should always keep in mind what Rav will, what Paul the Apostle wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. He wrote, whether you eat, kind of bad talking about eating on a fast day. <laughs> will you forgive me for talking about eating on a fast day? <laughs> whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, what do you do? You do all To the glory of God, you give him your best. You do it your best. Now, sure, Yom, Yom Kippur begins at evening. It's evening now. And it ends the following evening, tomorrow evening, at sundown. As do all the other festivals and feasts. They all begin in the evening and they end in the next evening. Some stretch longer than one day. And sure, there are many customs and traditions connected with this particular fast day, even as there is to the Sabbath and all the other feast days, the Moedim of the Lord. But unlike all the other Moedim, all the other appointed times of the Lord, unlike them, all those that are listed in Leviticus chapter 23, and as I've mentioned a couple times already, and it's a key idea, this is a day of fasting, of humbling our souls of humbling ourselves. And yet, as followers of Yeshua, the Messiah, who have and are repenting of our sins, we've, we have repented of some of our sins, and we're repenting of our sins, we know by faith that our sins have been forgiven because of what he did for us. And I can't tell you how thrilled I am to know that, because I know that if, we, if the Lord should count our sins, how deep and how many there would be we have our messiah who laid down his life as an atonement a kapara, kippur for us and our fast on yom kippur those that will be fasting and this of course it's it's uh, not obligatory it's volunteer but our fast will not atone for our sins it will not atone for our arrogance. Fasting will not atone for our rebellion and our transgression. It won't do any of that. We rejoice knowing that Yeshua, our great Kohen Gadol, our high priest, is seated at the throne of the eternal power on high. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. His very presence is intercessory for us. Blessed be his name. And we rejoice knowing this, as it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. The Messiah, Having been offered once, to bear the sins of many will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to deliver those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Is there anyone hearing these words that's eagerly waiting for the Lord to return? I've heard it many times. Oh, come quickly, Lord, come quickly, Lord. He will appear a second time, not to deal with sin but to deliver those who are eagerly waiting for him. And sure, Yom Kippur is a fast day. That's obvious. But we don't fast to atone for our sins. That's not what we're doing. Because our Redeemer lives. He ever lives to make intercession for us. And his blood avails. His blood avails for us. His sacrifice avails for us. And he is the Lord, our righteousness. Hallelujah. So yes, it's a psalm day as we remember what Yeshua did, it's a psalm day. And it can be a psalm day as we fast and we deprive ourselves of uh, caffeine (laughs) and chocolate (laughs) and the other things we all like. (laughs) But even that kind of sacrifice does not atone for our sins. He atoned for our sins. He willingly gave his life for us. He's the kapara. Can you say Kapara. He's the atoning one. So Messianic believers fast on Yom Kippur for different reasons. We intercede for Israel and the nations. That already already started before we even came out from behind the stage. Prayer and interceding for the Jewish community, Israel, for the nations. That's already started. We draw near to God in a unique way on Yom Kippur. Some of you have taken work off. You're not going to work tomorrow. You set this time apart. That's, that's different. It gives you a chance to kind of jump more into the things of God rather than get caught up for this one day and all the, the festivities and the activities of daily life. And we worship as a redeemed community. It's different than worshiping as an unredeemed community. We worship as a redeemed community. And of course, and I have to say, that's so obvious. And you'll see as this service goes on and those who are able to come for the next two services tomorrow, Lord willing, we repent. Repentance is not a bad word. It's a good word. (laughs) It's a good word for us. We repent and we deal with our own personal sins. not the time to look at your neighbor and say, oh, you need to repent. Or my favorite is, did you hear what the rabbi said? Did you hear that scripture? You really need that scripture. It's not the time for that. It's the time to realize that we've all sinned and fallen short of the grace of God, and the gift of God is eternal life through faith in Yeshua, our Messiah. Now, one Messianic Jewish rabbi recently wrote, he wrote why he fasted on Yom Kippur, I know this rabbi quite well. I won't mention his name. I know his background. He was raised in a pretty strictly Jewish home. And this is what he writes. Let me share this with you here in conclusion. why Why he fast on Yom Kippur? And just listen to his thoughts. He writes, quote, "If we already have atonement in Yeshua's sacrificial death on the tree, then why do we need a day of atonement?" Here's his response. For me, the response is simple No one is completely without sin. Yom Kippur helps us to remember that and to deal with it. When we lay down our facade and draw near to God with a humble heart, he washes us away. He washes away our sins in the blood of the Lamb and sanctifies us in his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit. This is what we're aiming for on Yom Kippur. Sure, we can do this any day of the year, and why not? The more, the better. But to take one day and really focus on teshuva, repentance, in the sense of turning to God, not only individually but corporately as a community, it's powerful and real. And it emphasizes also how the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Because to get released from our sins truly is empowering. What an incredible gift from our loving Father who gave His only Son purely out of love for humankind. And if God would do that for us, then it provokes us to love Him and to love one another as well. Whereas the moment we think we have no further need for the atonement, then, as this word says, which I think expresses the whole point of Yom Kippur for messianic synagogues, this word in 1 John chapter 1 says this If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us, end quote. Of course, the next 24 hours, friends, and during our services tonight and tomorrow, we will learn, as I mentioned, more about Yom Kippur. My hope is that we will realize anew the glory of Yeshua's wondrous love. And the sacrifice that he did for us. And at this time, yes, we may think in generic terms the sacrifice he did for us, but I would encourage you to think of it this way. The sacrifice that Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, did for me personally. Meaning for each of you, each of us. You can be thankful in this era of Yom Kippur that God is forgiving. How many of you are thankful for that, that he's forgiving You can be thankful that he's merciful. You can be thankful that he's full of compassion. And you can be thankful that he promises good things for those who walk uprightly before him. So on this Yom Kippur, please know this. Please know that he loved you so much that he sent his son to suffer a horrible death, an atoning blood kind of death, where he shed his blood for you. He's our Kapara. He's the Kippur of Yom Kippur. He's the atoning one. And as that banner in the back says right there, Yeshua Chai, Jesus lives, Yeshua lives, in him is life. Now, I conclude my remarks tonight with one passage of scripture from the Hebrew prophets. The prophet is Micha, Micah chapter 7 verse eight. I love this passage. It's part of the traditional readings at this time of the year. Micah chapter 7, beginning with verse 18 through verse 20. Mi el kamocha is how it begins in Hebrew. Mi el kamocha. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever, ki chafet chesed hu because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us, and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. That's a great passage of scripture. As we continue now, will you please rise?
0: You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 1040 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.